This is Workflow, episode 19. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle. And this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about all things documentation. The good, the bad, and yes, the ugly. Cool. Before we get started with that, uh, what's going on with you, Brian? Um, nothing much. I'm excited that I'm getting my new iPad Pro today. So I was on my my list to possibly try, and uh, they, uh, they came out with a new one, so I kind of bit and ordered it and you know i'm gonna see how it is for me but i have a couple use cases in mind for it um one is definitely handwritten notes uh you know just to use it as a a writing tablet because i have lots of you know scrap paper that i use to jot down things and maybe that will help keep me organized um so i heard that the handwriting piece of it and the conversion to text and all this stuff is pretty good so I'm excited to try that. And then the other big use case is also as a second monitor when I travel. Um, so if I go away for a week, for example, and I'm still doing some work here and there, I can actually leverage that uh, for my workspace. Uh, again, not a necessity, but something that could maybe help a little bit. Um, and then, you know, to be able to take that instead of my laptop everywhere, which is a little more portable. Um, I can do other things on it, like media and other things like that. So if I travel, like even for the day somewhere, grab that and I can still write emails on it. I can still do all those things. A little more functional than the traditional iPad. So, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Cool. You'll have to let me know how that goes. I've read a couple of reviews about them and uh, people seem less than excited. I think people are still fired up that you can't have a mouse with one with even the latest iPad Pro because there's no pointer on the iPad and there probably never will be. Maybe maybe there will be. But yeah. they, now they have the keyboard, right? So they're very much competing with like the Surface, right? And the Surface has like this keyboard that pops out and, you know, it's very much like a computer. It's a tablet. It's a computer. So iPad is definitely, you know, Apple's trying to definitely go that route, but you still can't have a mouse. So. Yeah. I, so I think to think about typing and then reaching and touching right i think the issue is io ios in general like it's just very single app oriented um like one one app open at a time like no not that you know multitasking is that super important but i mean everyone has to do it to some extent right you're gonna look at a web web page and then write an email right i wonder <laughs> if there's a I didn't research this yet, but I wonder if there's a keyboard shortcut to jump between apps. You know, like if you like, yeah, depending on the device you have, double tap the home screen button or whatever it is you do. Um, you know, that would be useful if they don't, if it doesn't have that again. That's again like probably going to be an awkward experience jumping between apps. We'll see. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've read. That it's like the same awkward experience that you have like on your well, phone trying to do work <laughs> well yeah and it's like oh, i'm really thinking more using the keyboard and actually doing work right like if you're sure. actually sitting down to type emails or whatever it is you're doing i'm probably gonna use the keyboard it's, you're not holding it in your hand anymore right so it's like okay now i feel like i should have a mouse and like i'm sitting at my desktop or my laptop so 
Yeah, sure. we'll see. Yep. Well, let me know how that goes. I will, I will report back to you. Cool. So what's going on with you? Uh, just plugging away on Gantt, actually. Um, we're making some real good progress with Gantt for Rindle, which is pretty exciting. Um, yeah, we, we have some early early demos of it. I, I know you've seen it. You haven't gotten to actually fool around with it yet, but um, I know you've seen like a demo of it, and I, I think it's uh, coming along pretty nicely. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I think this is probably one of the most requested features uh, from our customer base um, and potential customers that we've talked to. Um, and I'm really excited about it because, you know, I've used them before. I think they have great use cases. I think it's also going to make for some great podcast episodes, too, because, you know, there's definitely opinions on Gantt and how to use them, how best to use them, uh, how can you use them with Kanban or whatever workflow you're using, right? Things like that. So I think um, there are definitely some interesting things to talk about in that front. But as a, as a planning tool, um, Gantt is pretty awesome. So exciting to bring that to Rindle. Absolutely. Great. So before we get started, if you have questions, topics, or team scenarios you want us to talk about, tear down, you can call us and leave a voicemail at 860-577-2293 or email us at workflow at rindle.com. And please also don't forget to leave a review. All right. So on to the main topic. So we're talking about documentation today. Um, I think we're definitely pretty passionate about this in a lot of ways because we've had experiences, um, some some good, some really bad. Um, we definitely have an opinion on how things should be documented and at least how we do it. Um, so, you know, and Tom, I don't know how about you feel about this, but I especially am passionate about it because I've had to create, you know, 70 page specification documentation and all kinds of crazy stuff uh, down to the the easy, simple stuff. So it's it's kind of been a nightmare in my career. Yeah, I think that this has been a constant uh, uh, point of frustration. Uh, e even with us at Rindle, like we have gone through several iterations of documentation as, as we're about to talk about. Um, and I think finally, uh, you know, several years later, we've finally come up with something that, that we feel is a pretty good means of document documenting like new features. Yeah, and I think we've even taken it from doing no documentation, right? And saying like, well, we don't need to do documentation and we don't need to write anything down or do anything like that. We can just go, right? Because we're mm -hmm. completely, you know, collaborative and this is how we're going to work and we don't want to waste time on documentation. Um, but it turns out that, you know, we, we have come to a probably a happy medium, which is cool. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So here's where we stand on documentation. We feel as though people are generally turned off by documentation. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. Uh, and people feel as though it's time that they're not doing other work or not doing any work in some, some scenarios. Honestly, after not documenting uh, for various features, that mindset is pretty much a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think, you know, especially depending on your scenario, right, you could be like us and you're working, you know, internally with a team or maybe you do have other stakeholders and clients and other things like that. But, you know, I've always experienced on a client side, too, where the clients are like, wait, you're going to spend four weeks you know, documenting this project. But, you know, it's a eight month software development project, right, or whatever it is. So, you know, they look at it as like, well, we're going to waste a month making sure that everything's documented. And, and, and again, those are probably extremes of documentation. 
but you know, definitely kind of frowned upon from the client side. Uh, it's sometimes frowned upon internally from bosses and powers of B where it's like, oh, we're going to spend all these hours and all this money on documenting something. We should be coding it or we should be creating it, designing it, whatever it is you're doing. Um, but yeah, I think it is, you know, that mindset in general, that mindset in general is definitely a recipe for disaster because, you know, you're just not doing the necessary legwork to properly plan and understand exactly what you're doing and why. And if, and if you don't, do any documentation uh, from personal experience, I can tell you that the project is going to take longer and, and more than likely the first, you know, version of it is not going to be what everyone had had in mind, at least all the team members, except for the, you know, the one person really driving the show. Yeah. It definitely morphs as you actually get it down and however you're doing it, right. And actually get it in front of people, right. As opposed to just in conversation or in your own head. Um, but yeah, I also found that most people don't like documentation because uh, we all understand generally that nine times out of 10, it, it is actually going to be wasteful, even though you think you're doing it for a great purpose, right? Because either you overdo it, which I've done myself and I've had to do it for my job, right? Where you have to create this 70 page, you know, functional specification document that takes hours and possibly weeks to create. Um, and you know that you're putting way too much detail in there, which I ended up doing, which on in hindsight, you know, it was crazy how we were trying to like spec out what we were building. And this was software development at the time. Um, you know, and, and basically you end up instantly the second that you create it is basically stale, right? Like, you, you know, at the end of it, it's like, okay, look at this, sign off on it. And we're going to start. And the second we do that, this is going to be outdated. Yeah, because as soon as, you know, the developers, the designers actually start to get in there, especially if this is uh, documentation created by someone um, with less uh, technical knowledge or even knowledge of, like, how how every, all the pieces are actually going to fit together, um, things are going to change. And, and, yeah, then that documentation is useless, more or less. Uh, it, it, basically, just as quickly as you wrote it, it is, it is useless. Yeah. So from our perspective, you know, that's kind of how we feel about why documentation has a bad rap. Um, we definitely have a more agile mindset when it comes to documentation. So if you have, you know, any sort of team environment, you know, we, we are basically of the opinion that yes, you know, documentation is definitely needed. Um, but that documentation should be minimum. Um, and I always like to think of it like an MVP or, you know, a minimum viable product minimum viable documentation. It should be exactly what you need in order to move forward and create, right? And I think nine times out of 10, like we're saying, it actually gets way too complicated and, and that's when it gets out of hand. Um, if you think a little more lean, a little more agile and think simple, uh, it's much more useful. So yeah, so basically our opinion is that you should not be wasting time documenting. Uh, you shouldn't be wasting time like formatting some document and making it all pretty uh, to present to anyone. It, it should be a, a bare minimum um, document uh with with as you'll see it should really be functional like business requirements more or less but we'll get into the nitty-gritty of that in a little bit yeah and again like what we're saying with the examples before is that you know the more time you spend making a pretty formatting um all the things that go into that you know it is stale the second that you complete it so you can spend 
hours and hours and weeks and weeks and tons of effort, nights and weekends, whatever it takes to get the document done. And really you're doing all that work possibly for, you know, instant stale document that you have to then deal with. Right. Um, so why not do it quicker and get moving quicker? And then, cause things are going to change anyway. I also find that the longer and more complex it is, the harder it is for people to understand. So again, those 70 page documents I used to create, you know, I'd put that in front of a client. I have to go through page by page and explain it. And they still wouldn't fully understand what we're talking about. So we'd have to go over and over it all, you know, crazy. Like there were wireframes in there. There was, you know, details about how things would function and it was just craziness. So in the end, you know, they didn't even fully understand it. And, and I'm trying to get them to sign off on something and saying, yes, this whole 70 page document, by the way, you're, it's like a contract, you're signing off on it. And, you know, we're going to seal this up. <laughs> you know? So to explain that and then to feel comfortable with it was really complicated with that big of a document. All right. So with that said, this is how we think about documentation nowadays. Um, this, this is again, through a lot of trial and error and what we have ultimately uh, arrived upon. So first we have, we, we define business requirements. Yeah. So think of it uh, like a fur dummies book or like a, an intro introductory class, like a, a 101 class, if you will. Um, you're making statements that everyone can understand about what the business requirements are. Uh, you're, you're explaining the business goals and the outcomes. Um, think about this kind of like, if you, if you know anything in the agile world, it's, it's like user stories. Like as a user, I should be doing, or I should be able to do this. Um, and at the end, the business requirements should get everyone on the same page about what ultimately this this uh, thing that you're creating is going to do at the end. Um, and that, that's really the, the, the end goal of it. You're not getting into real uh, technical details yet. You're not, um, you're basically just like, hey, at the end of this project, this is exactly what I expect this piece of functionality to, to do from a very, very high level. Yeah, and, and we even struggle this, with this, you know, because we tend to get into more technical conversation or even design conversation for us, right? Because we're building software. So it, it tends to kind of bleed into the conversation. We got to always say, no, no, let's not talk about that right now. We're just talking about, you know, the business goals at this point, the business requirements. What is it going to do and for what reason? Um, so really, it's plain English. It should be something that you, we start with for sure, because we don't want to get into all those technical details yet. But at the end of it, it you know, like you said, should get everybody on the same page as to like, this is what it's going to do and why. Uh, and then from there, we move on to something a little more technical, but you know, the functional requirements. So, you know, that's basically how are you going to do it? Right? So we talked about what we're going to do. But now how are we going to do it? These are basically like the blueprints uh, for implementation or things we're going to need to actually go ahead and execute this. Um, and this sometimes does require additional artifacts. Uh, in addition to just the business requirements, we are creating other things. Maybe it's data structure in our example, uh, uh, data collections, if we need other information to collect for whatever reason. Um, and a lot of times we do sketches or mock-ups, right, for design purposes, just to be like, yeah, this is the general concept. Are we all in agreement? So we get into a little more detail now. Um, and for you, Tom, I know sometimes it gets into like, like again, those data structures, maybe it's API calls, maybe it's other stuff that you need to like actually think about a little bit and explain to other people who are working on a project to actually, you know, move forward with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do like to think about this more as, um, as the business logic, if you will, uh, in, in terms of, uh, uh, programming type project. Um, these are like the, the, the business logic things, the, the unique things, uh, that if you're trying to code this, you, you might not really realize from just reading those business requirements. Um, so yeah, uh, again, not, not a lot of detail. And the, the one key thing about this is like, you kind of want it to be like complete as complete as possible without really like having dove into the actual like nitty gritty of like, okay, this is what we're going to use for this. Or this is like, like you don't, you don't really don't want to go there. You just kind of want to be like, okay, yeah, we are not going to let them edit this thing. Right. They can only create, they can only delete. Like that, that's, that's a very specific thing, but uh, important to, to note. Um, yeah. I think another example is, you know, even for the conditional automations that we were planning out for, uh, you know, we have an automation platform, we're adding conditionals. So we started to plan that out a little bit and we had to create a spreadsheet, you know, because there are all these like scenarios that we had to talk about of like, well, what are we going to offer and why? Right. And, and there's a list of things, uh, you know, that will happen if you select a certain option, then a certain, another set of, you know, options appear, right? Based on that. So it's, it's just more complicated. You can't just put it into a bullet on a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. Sure. It had to be a little more detailed and it had to be done because there's no way we could have meaningful conversations and not have something to reference that was thought out and mapped out, right? So it's just that, that extra detail that's missing from like the high level business requirement. Yep, I think that's really important. There, there's going to be some level of artifacts. Uh, there, they could be either, you know, uh, sketches, uh, quick sketches, a quick mock-up, like a, a wireframe, um, just that you can throw in there. Just so hopefully it clears everything up and it gets everyone on the same page. Cool. So let's talk about how we actually do our documentation for feature development. So that's primarily what we plan and and map out. Um, the first thing we do is we create a Google Doc. We use Google Docs. We're G Suite users, so that's our main go-to. Um, obviously, it's collaborative and all that stuff, so it's, it fits right in. Um, we start. We name it as a feature, obviously. So something like you know, conditionals for automations. That's what we name it. Um, and we really keep the formatting very simple. We don't get you know. We might add a title tag to the title, um, but we're really just using bullets and just bulleting things out, not getting crazy and and kind of doing complicated layouts or anything like that. We're really doing a subheading of business requirements, um, you know, bulleting those out and taking the time then to brainstorm and worry less about formatting and presentation and more about just getting the ideas out uh, into a list. Awesome. Yeah. And then once we have those business requirements written down, um, that, that makes sense to, to, you know, everyone that's creating it. Um, we move on to creating any functional requirements that are necessary so and again uh, reiterating what we said before like th this is really where you might get some artifacts or or um s sketch some mock-ups uh simple wireframes um just just enough to get everyone on the same page and, and agree on a, a direction um it'll definitely probably end up different once you actually get into uh creation of it um so again it's not really it's, it's not really worth spending a ton of time on this. You just are trying to get everyone on the same page. 
Yeah, and usually we start with kind of the same process of like, okay, let's start talking about the functional stuff and let's start bulleting stuff out, right? Just to get some of the initial, because usually during the business requirements, things start to cross our minds, right? Mm -hmm. And we're already like, and again, we have to stop ourselves from really getting into that conversation. So we kind of like dump it out right away. Because I remember Tom, the last time, last time Tom, you were like, you know, oh, wait, let me get these couple things written down really quick because I was thinking about them while we were talking about the business requirements. Um, and then from there, we can decide, okay, well, you know what, we probably do need a mock-up, right? We do need a wireframe of something to, to show how this works to make sure that we're on the same page, or we do need that Excel spreadsheet for conditionals, right? For automation, mm -hmm. because we do need to have a reference and it is complicated and there's a lot of information to kind of get together. So like at that point, we actually decide minimally what we need to pull together. Uh, we don't have like a, a templated thing that we follow every time because not every feature every project that we work on needs the same set of things, right? Yeah. We're not always going to do a wireframe because maybe we're doing a feature enhancement and oh. the design is pretty much done. Um, and I also think that also comes into play with some, some processes, right? We lay out process, like we should do this every time. Well, we should do it if we should, you know, if we have to, if it makes sense. We shouldn't do it if it doesn't make sense, right? Because you're wasting time and just creating stuff to create it. Absolutely. It's important to note then, like, typically at this point, like, the actual business stuff is, is more or less done, right? And then we typically, uh, so the people that are, are trying to define those, like, high-level business requirements and, and the functional requirements um, kind of then get other, other team members involved at this point. Um, so at this point, we, uh, we talk to the developers in our scenario and and we try to get some uh some more technical specifications uh like jotted down and and this sometimes requires research and and uh, a couple days to like look into well what's the what's the easiest way to do this or what's the best way to do this right uh, what are the pros and cons of doing this you know quick and easy versus like a more elegant solution um and we'll come up with naming conventions we'll come up with api calls uh, like and and shot them down, but again, like pretty pretty high level. Like we're not you're not gonna you're not gonna write down every single thing. I mean, we have uh, means of documenting the API once the API is 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 done, like more automatically. Like we don't need to have formal documentation for that. Yeah, it should be high level enough to get everybody in a direction. And, you know, once you get into it, as we all know, with any kind of project, things will change as you research, as you learn, as you implement, and things don't work as if, as you thought they were. Um, so that's where you got to kind of figure out where's the best stopping point. Do we know enough to get started at this point without people being confused? Um, you know, and try to prevent yourself from going down a rabbit hole and trying to map out everything. And that usually leads into frustration. Um, more discussions that last forever, right? Because you're just complicating a discussion. And a lot of times too, like, um, you know, when you don't see something, you know, you'll, you'll go into a rabbit hole talking about something and you don't see it, right? So you don't, if, let's say it's a design or, or even an Excel document for the conditionals. Like if you don't see it in front of you, it's really hard to keep a conversation going because, you know, you get lost in your own thoughts, right? And you're like, what are we talking about again? Wait a minute, like I'm confused. So. Yeah. You know, like the high level piece, if everybody agrees kind of, you know, to go forward at that point, then you should go forward and start implementing. And then, you know, of course, you can update and modify from there as you go, right? And, and make changes. But this way, you, you don't waste any additional time if you don't have to. 
Yeah, it, that's a really good point. I, we also have paused after like establishing these uh, initial requirements and, and like someone has taken some time or, or multiple people have taken time to um, create some rudimentary wireframes um, and bring them back. So, so we actually all can get on the same page. Um, usually, you know, these are quickly done, like either through, you know, uh, you know, a Photoshop type program or, or by hand. Right. And, and we show, share them with each other. We have a, a little more discussion about it and then, and then we're kind of good to go. We, we like to get into the uh, environment that we're actually like, um, creating in as quickly as possible, like creating that the end product in as quickly as possible. But but we don't want to get there too quick. We don't want to get there without actually establishing what needs to be done. Yeah, it also gives you a point of reference to when things do go off track or you have questions about, well, why are we doing this? Wait a minute, I thought it was supposed to be this way. You have at least some point of reference to go back to and say, okay, well, actually, this is what we discussed originally. Right, and you, you have kind of something that we all agreed on in the beginning, as opposed to just going, right, and everybody kind of changes the rules as they go potentially, right? So yeah. uh, it's it's better to have something in place, simple again, simple and easy, but something that we can all refer back to and say, yep, okay, we did say this. Oh yeah, I remember why. Okay, let's squash this and move on. But <laughs> and, and we're saying a lot of butts here. Uh, everything that's written down in this document is not set in stone. Sure. Like you might come back to this document and, and remove some of these things, like, because they're out of the scope of the, the, the time frame that you, you have to get this particular feature done. Right. So you might circle back around to them, but it's good to like basically jot everything down and, and then come back and, and remove stuff and, and tweak stuff later. Um, then again, do, doing everything up front. So this episode was a little longer than we thought. So we ended up splitting it in two episodes, part one and part two. So stay tuned next week for part two. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.